Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Highway to Hoover podcast. I'm your host, Joe Healy, joined, as always, by my podcast partner and my partner in the SEC Extra universe, Mark Etheridge. We are here to do some uh, honest-to-goodness season preview content today's episode. It's on the Arkansas Razorbacks. I know a lot of you are excited to hear about that team, team that is perpetually among the best in the SEC. We're excited to talk about it. Uh, before we jump in, though, I have to let you know that the Highway to Hoover podcast is presented by, and will be all season, by Brock's Gap Brewing Company in Hoover, Alabama. Uh, we are really excited for our partnership with Brock's Gap. Jamie Cato and the team over there at Brock's Gap um, are, you know, have a cool thing going there in Hoover. We're excited to partner with them. We have a lot of cool ideas that are kind of in the hopper working with them. We can't announce all of them yet. We still got some T's to cross and some I's to dot. Nothing to announce just yet, but stay tuned on some of that stuff. But I know for now, uh, Mark and I are really excited about that partnership. I would be more specific other than Hoover on telling you where Brock's Gap is, but the best direction I can give you is that go to the Hoover Met and it's right there. Brock's Gap is more or less in the parking lot of the Hoover Met at the SEC tournament and is a really cool space. I'm excited to spend some time there when I'm in Hoover. I know Mark is as well. Hopefully, we will run into to some of y'all uh, before games, after games. Well, probably not before games. Games start at 9 a.m. We or 9.30. We're probably, probably not before games. Like I don't think that's a great idea, but maybe maybe after games. And that, that seems maybe a little more appropriate. So anyway, uh, so yeah, we're going to jump into some previewing the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, Mark, you know, before we jump into specifics on this team, um, you know, what can you say about the consistency of Arkansas? It's a program that's really found another gear here in the last, you know, let's call it five to seven. I mean, they've been really good for a long time. The last five to seven years, it really feels like they've found a new level of consistency. Yeah, I mean, they really have. And they've done everything except win the whole thing. And they were so close to doing that. Um, it's just kind of one of those programs that you you don't really have to worry about them. You know they're going to have good players. You know they're going to play the game the right way. They're going to play hard. They're going to be aggressive on the base paths. You're going to hit the ball. Uh, in, in the gaps and take, you know, and, and, and get the clutch hit and all, all of those things that that the, the top teams do, and they do it every year, even though the faces change. And, and that's just a testament to, to the job that Coach Van Horn has done. I, I think that this year is, is really interesting because they do have, you know, they do have some holes to fill. We mentioned – you know, we're, they're going to put this to the test where the, the faces change and, and the same style of play because it's it, it, they do. And we'll get into this, I'm sure. But they, they lost some some really talented players. You know, they, they absolutely did. And, you know, it's 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 a good test for my theory that I've said. I think you and I said it on a previous episode, our, our debut episode. I know I said it on a, a podcast with, with Kendall and Aaron and runes that. I just am beyond really getting overly worried with Arkansas's roster and, and getting overly worried about they lost this, that, because they just, they're just going to find a way to get to Omaha or something close to it. Right. I mean, 2021, obviously they didn't get there with the, you know, the, the best team of the bunch they've had on paper, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just, I'm not overly worried about it. Like I, they just, they figured out and those teams have, that have gotten to Omaha weren't without their issues, but they just, either worked around them or figured them out or, you know, they, they just yeah. they problem solve better than really any program in the country at this point, I feel like. And so I'm just, I'm always going to bet on them figuring it out until I'm kind of proven, proven otherwise on that. So yeah, I expect more of the same this year. And I think that's a good, 
jumping off point for talking about the specifics of this team. And so if, if, if you're just joining us for our preview series, this is how these kind of work. I will do a quick overview on the results of last season. Then we will jump into Mark and I telling you what we like about the team. Then we will talk about the questions we have about the team. And then we'll wrap up by talking about what has to happen for this team to be the best version of itself. And so Arkansas last season, 46 and 21 overall, went 18 and 12 in SEC play, which normally gets you, you know, get you a host. But, uh, you know, Mark can tell you a little better than I could. The RPI was a little, a little wonky last year and, and not just for them, by the way. We don't need to get into that. But that, so we'll save that for the Nerdcast, Mark. We'll let you talk about that on the Nerdcast. But uh, wonky RPI stuff last year, regardless. So they go on the road, reach the College World Series. Ultimately, we're one of the last four teams, or I guess technically three teams standing, perhaps. Um, and then uh, we have them ranked number eight this preseason. So uh, I will go ahead and bat lead off on this one and talk about what I like about this team. And mm-hmm. I think the first thing is the depth of talent on the mound. Um, I really like just kind of this general group of Hagen Smith and Jackson Wiggins and uh, a couple Juco transfers and Cody Adcock, yeah. Hunter Holland. Uh, Will McIntyre, Brady Tigert. I'm missing some names there, but, and I hear you if, you, if you're out there kind of saying, well, we've said this about Arkansas before, like I hear you. Um, but, but I do particularly like this group. They have, they have to prove it, but I really like this group. And what I like about them is they all feel like guys, maybe Tigert a little less. So although there is talk of, of seeing what he could do in a starting role, those are all guys that could start games that kind of have starter repertoires or starter feel to them. Um, it's not guys who are just bullpen arms. Um, and so I kind of like that they've got a, a really, what feels like a really deep group to pull from when you're talking about weekend rotation or Tuesday starts or Wednesday starts or, or whatever else they're, they're not going to have to wait for somebody to figure it out on Sundays for six weeks before they pull the plug. If, if it's not working, they're going to have other options. So I, I really do like the, the depth of the talent on the mound um, that, that they're going to be able to run out there. What about you, Mark? Yeah, I, I was kind of going with, with a similar theme here. I mean, to win in the SEC, you need a Friday guy. You need somebody who can go out and match the other guy's ace. And Arkansas may have one in Jackson Wiggins. I mean, he's a guy who didn't didn't have the greatest success. You know, he's kind of up and down at a six and a half ERA a year ago, but he's a three digit you know, mile per hour fastball guy. And when you have that sort of, um, I guess, that the ability to negate someone's bat speed because you can just throw it by them, um, that, you know, there's not, not many people out there that can do that um, at this, you know, 101 or two miles an hour. So you saw with Ben Joyce last year, you know, what a buzz that creates. So that that's kind of what looking for. And, you know, and behind him, you know, Hagen Smith was really good at times a year ago. Um, you know, certainly a, a, that premium elite kind of guy. And I think between the two of them, well, one of them at least, maybe both of them, can can be that, you know, that, that guy who matches up with, with Tennessee staff or with LSU staff or, you know, name Florida, you know, name the, the, the great, um, you know, pitching staffs in, in, the, in the conference. And then you back that with a guy like Tiger, that breaking ball, man, that is so much fun to watch. You know, I'd, I'd seen it on TV and then finally got to see it in person last year. And, oh, my God, I sat behind home plate and I'm like, 
the, the ball's just not supposed to move that way. And so, uh, and how do you, you know, how do you catch it, much less hit it? So those are the kinds of players when you when you've got that kind of stuff that uh, I feel like th- that's that's going to allow Arkansas to do some things while they maybe figure some stuff out offensively since the lineup has so so many uh, new faces. I think it's a good call. Um, you know, and it, it, it feels like this is when I talk about this being a program that really problem solves. That's kind of one of the things that I think I, I think most about them is that it feels like every year Arkansas goes through periods of time where it's like the offense is a little stagnant and the pitching staff is kind of pulling them through. And uh, they're really having trouble finding, you know, starters who can give them more than four or five innings, but the offense is really rolling right now. Mm-hmm. Um, now, and if they can get those two things going at the same time, obviously they've reached perfection there, but um, I think this pitching staff does have the chance to, to, to do that. And that leads me right into my questions I have, and it's something we've alluded to already. And it's just, they always lose guys in the lineup. That's what great programs do. You get guys drafted, you have productive players graduate, all that stuff. But you just wonder if like, this feels like a standard deviation more than what we usually see leaving a lineup. When you talk about it's Chris Lanzilli and Michael Turner and Caden Wallace and Jalen Battles and Braden Webb and Robert Moore and, you know, Zach Gregory transferred out. Like, it's just, there's just, you know, a little bit more, I feel like, than average of what we're expecting they usually turn over. And I like some of the guys they have in the lineup. I like that, that Brady Slavens came back to kind of give them a, a centerpiece who's been through the battles in the SEC, who's been really mm-hmm. productive. They annually do a really good job in the transfer portal. I like Jared Wegner, the Creighton transfer. I like Tavian Josenberger, the Kansas transfer. Um, I like J- the look of Jason Jones, the freshman who could be a real guy right away. You know, if Jace Borofin and Peyton Stovall, uh, fi- you know, kind of it all clicks for those guys. They're super toolsy. So you like the individual pieces, but there were a lot of, in that last sentence I just uttered, there are a lot of ifs there. Um, and so in a year when they lose, a smaller group of guys, you, you kind of look at what comes back and you say, okay, you, you've got a core here that you know what you're going to get. And it just feels like maybe this is a year where you're a little less certain of exactly what Arkansas is going to get. And so I like the ceiling of this group, but I just feel like the floor is maybe not quite as, as certain as it's been in the past. Yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, that's really, it, they lost so much production, but I think even more than that, you lost, you know, defense, and you lost kind of the heart of the team, uh, the guys that were just, you know, the the clutch players and the the clubhouse leaders and, and all of that. So again, this is not a new thing. Co- college teams they evolve, you know, programs evolve year after year. It's just you, there there were some really heavy losses to some key key production and key personalities. Right. And, and I think that's always the, you know, the, the, the different, the differentiator from year to year is how you maintain that culture. And, and Van Horn has done an incredible job of doing that, but you need that consistency from year to year. And so it, it's going to be interesting to see what some of these returnees can do to help that, you know, help that transition. So let's start to wrap up here by talking a little bit about what has to go right for this team to be the best version of itself. Um, I'll throw two out there um, because one is, is something that we've already talked about a little bit and that's Jackson Wiggins. I think 
They just needed to be a little more consistent. And I'm not saying that he has to have a, a 225 ERA. Oh, that would be great. They did. <laughs> They'd certainly take that if he was, you know, 225 ERA over 90 innings. But, you know, if he's just a four, four and a half ERA guy over, you know, 75, 80, 90 innings, that, that, that'd be great. Like, I just think they need a little more consistency out of him and, and have the, the arm, uh, have the production match the arm a little bit. Cause you're right. The arm is electric. It's one of the best ones in the country. You know, that, that staff thinks he could touch one Oh two this season. So, um, and I, I believe it. So that, that's one for me is that, okay, can you, can you get something from, from Wiggins a little more consistent and pair that with Hagen Smith having a, a nice follow-up to what he did last year as a freshman. Yeah. That's a really good start to a really great rotation. And we talked about the depth they have on that unit, which gives me confidence that, Hey, if they're only talking about needing a Sunday guy, they'll find one out of that group. Yeah. It's a little different story. If Wiggins isn't as consistent and now they're kind of scrambling on Saturdays and Sundays or Friday and Sundays, you know, whatever days they have. Um, so that's one. Two is when we talk about replacing guys in the lineup, I have a lot of confidence that Jared Wegner is going to come in and look, I mean, he hit, I think it was 11 home runs playing his home games in Charles Schwab field, in Omaha. That's, that's a feat in and of itself. So I don't have a lot of worry that he's about his, I think he's going to produce. I think Tavian Josenberger, the Kansas transfer is going to produce. Um, but I think for this lineup to really be the best version of itself, I'm looking at, you know, a guy like Peyton Stovall, who was a highly touted freshman coming into last year, you know, got off to a little bit of a slow start, figured it out a little bit as the season went on, but still probably didn't have quite the season that he would have hoped in his first year. And then Jace Borofin, who, you know, struggled a little bit as a freshman at Oklahoma, transfers to Arkansas and, you know, had some injury issues last year, but also just never quite got going and super toolsy, played well in the Cape each of the last two summers. Um, I think for this lineup to be as good as it can be, one of those two guys is going to to need to be one of the catalysts here. Because, I, you know, we know, I think, what we're going to get from, from Slavens, and I think the transfers are going to step in and, and give them a lot. But these guys who are returning to the program that haven't broken out quite yet, what can they do to help raise the ceiling of the lineup? And that, that for me, I think, is a key, is, is it not just being the transfers that end up bolstering the lineup, but also some of the guys who have, who have been in the program uh, for a couple of years now. Yeah. And then you, you, you covered a lot of what I would, what I was going to say. I think that the big key for me is though, Arkansas, I feel like the pitching needs, needs to carry them and needs to, to elevate just a little bit, especially early in the year while you figure out roles. Um, Offensively, you have four, four D one transfers coming in that are likely going to start. You had some, you know, a freshman that just, you know, Jason Jones. It's may, may be the next great one, but he's still a freshman and he's got to figure this thing out. And you know, and and you have guys like Stovall and you know, who certainly had the, all the ability. They just, you know, you're you're wanting them to make a jump and needing all of that to happen in the first, you know, month month and a half of the season before you get into SEC play is, is, is a big ask. So you need to rely on your, you know, your, your older guys so that you get off to a good start so that you don't have some of these RPI issues that plagued the Razorbacks a year ago. And I think those, that for me is, is, is the recipe, right? They need to get off to a good start. And to do that, uh, the, the pitchers need to kind of need to elevate early. 
no, I think it's a good call. And, and it's so true. What you say is that, you know, we tend to put a lot of focus understandably on the sec schedule and put a lot of focus on that aspect of it and the marquee games in the schedule, but those games in February count just as much. And in some cases they end up being more important when it's all said and done. So, um, you know, the, these teams not dropping unnecessary games because the reality is that, you know, yes, you have time to figure things out before sec play starts, but every game counts. And so on February 17th, like you got it, you got to be ready to go because that game counts too. Um, and this is you know, a lot of home games and you lose a home game and that's, that's a really RPI anchor. Yeah. So that, that's certainly a storyline to, to watch with Arkansas is can they, I'm sure you, you've, you've touched on that and your kind of storylines for the team that the pieces on SEC extra just, you know, can they, can they fix the RPI issues they had with, with what they have in front of them? So that'll be, that'll be something to watch. So uh, that'll do it for this episode, the Arkansas preview episode of the highway to Hoover podcast brought to you by Brock's gap brewing company. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you soon.